Well, good morning. So great to see so many of you this morning. And for those of you online, what a privilege to be able to worship together. I pray you've been filled by the Holy Spirit as we have the privilege of worshiping. And now as we have the privilege of worshiping through study. Now, what I'm about to say, you, some of you may disagree with me, but hear me out. It's easy to identify as a Christian in the United States of America today. It really still is easy to identify as being a Christian in the U.S. of A. Now, you may say, well, no, I feel some persecution, but really, think about this. You can check mark the box, affiliation, I'm Christian, and you really won't get persecution. You can show up to worship services from time to time, and you don't have persecution. You see, Christianity is still woven into the fabric of society to this day. I mean, it's as a, much of a staple as hot dogs and hamburgers and, and apple pie. But here's the problem. Christianity as a religion or church as an institution is fraying and is in many ways showing some powerlessness in this time of crisis. But, while it's easy for people to say, I am Christian, it's a whole other matter to call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's what this five-week series has been all about. It's not about just saying, I'm a Christian, I can check mark that box. It's saying, I want to live by the very calling of Jesus Christ on my life. And here's where that gets messy. Your whole world then will be turned upside down. But therein lies the power that this world needs, especially during a crisis such as what we're going through right now. And so this is a call to every one of us to step up and be truly Jesus followers and what that means. You see, because if you look back in history, and you look back really when the creation happened, there was order, there was perfection, there was perfect relationship between God and his creation. But we sinned, we rebelled against God, we did things our own way, and in essence, at that moment in time, the world as it was supposed to be was flipped upside down. And so, in many ways, we were born upside down. But Jesus, in his sacrifice, Jesus, in his calling on this world, and his invitation for us to join his kingdom, flipped things the way they're supposed to be. But the world doesn't see it that, that way. That's why we call this the upside-down kingdom. Now, some of you may have seen this before, many years ago that we showed this, but we're in the midst of a pandemic, and these words I'm about to show you on the screen uh, may just look quite a bit different than maybe if you've seen this before, to show us the power of what it means when God turns things upside down. This is the truth. If we turn things upside down, we can't expect goodness to win in the world. I would be lying to you if I said that the human race has a great future ahead. 
that altruism could replace egotism, that your lives could be filled with joy, that your children could be safe and healthy. Before anything, you must know, the human race does not deserve these things. And I am convinced of this because I know you. Corruption and hypocrisy are in your nature. Compassion breeds weakness when only the strong survive. And I refuse to believe, under any circumstance, that you can turn things around in the coming years. This world may be sinking to new depths, but there are even more revelations to come. The human race has only one destiny, and whether you like it or not, this is what is real. I am the Lord your God, and you should know that I believe exactly the opposite. I am the Lord your God. This is what is real. And whether you like it or not, the human race has only one destiny. There are even more revelations to come. This world may be sinking to new depths, but you can turn things around in the coming years. I refuse to believe under any circumstances that compassion breeds weakness when only the strong survive and corruption and hypocrisy are in your nature. And I am convinced of this because I know you. The human race does not deserve these things. Before anything, you must know that your children could be safe and healthy, that your lives could be filled with joy, that altruism could replace egotism. The human race has a great future ahead. I would be lying to you if I said that we can't expect goodness to win in the world if we turn things upside down. This is the truth. You see, God's kingdom has the answers we're looking for. So for these weeks, we've been trying to paint a picture for you on what that looks like. And today I want to invite you into the kingdom of God to be a citizen of God's kingdom. You see, Jesus' mission has always been clear. In fact, when he started his public ministry... It's known now in history, scholars call it the Nazareth Manifesto, but Jesus quoted from Isaiah 61, and he started his public ministry in a local synagogue saying these words, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed 
will be free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. When Jesus got done reading these words, he rolled up the scroll and said, Today, these words have been fulfilled in your presence. And from that day forth, Jesus made it his mission to introduce us and to invite us into his kingdom. Truly the only kingdom that will last and truly the only force and movement on planet earth that will give us the answers we're craving, especially this day. And so Jesus made it clear and invited for, these, for his ministry, his disciples to enter in. Here's where it gets complicated. That was Luke chapter 4. In Luke chapter 9, just turning a couple pages over, Jesus shows the complexity of entering into his kingdom. Luke 9, verse 23. Then Jesus said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, if you want to join my kingdom, you must give up your own ways. Oh, wait a minute. Jesus, you're meddling there. <laughs> I still want my ways. You must take up your cross daily. Not just at Christmas time, not just at Easter, not just in a crisis, but take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will actually save it. And what you do will benefit you and it will gain the whole world. If you, what does it benefit you to gain the whole world, but you yourself are lost or destroyed? So Jesus makes it clear. He draws a very clear line in the sand. You've got a choice. You can wait for another Messiah, one who will be political and will be military, but that's not my agenda. You see, the Jews in Jesus' day especially were looking for a military power. They were looking for a political power. They wanted to overthrow Rome. All they cared about was this kingdom in front of us, the oppression we feel, we want it flipped upside down. And Jesus said, that's not how you flip things upside down. You've got to give up your agenda, your rights, your desire to gain the world. And you may think you're losing your life, but you're actually going to save it. And so Jesus said, you can wait for another Messiah. That person may have the political might to take over and overthrow Rome. Or, as Jesus said it very clearly, you can align your life with my agenda. It's that clear. It's that clear to join forces with the kingdom of our God. That's quite a steep mountain to climb, isn't it? So Jesus said to his disciples, will you follow me? And they left everything to completely give their life over to the king. 
And here's where it gets beautiful. That same invitation is offered to you and to me today. And it's beautiful. Now, I, I know what you may be thinking. Well, okay, okay, let's get practical. <laughs> what does it look like? I mean, okay, give up everything. Okay, so I, I throw out my whole agenda and I follow Jesus with my life. But practically speaking, what does it mean? Uh, let me get into that. You see, it really, in using the terms of Scripture, it's dying to your selfish wants. It's dying to your agenda for the plans that you have for your life. This is why it's a lot easier to just check mark the box, I'm a Christian, than it is to truly be a sold out follower of Jesus Christ. If you're honest with yourself and you've looked around the world, you've seen two different types of believers. You've seen those who just, in many ways, use God for their own agenda. And you've met the people, and I, I know you know the difference when you see that person who has completely surrendered and their agenda has died. And they've become such a force of connection with God that you don't sometimes even know what it is, but you say, I want that. I want to be in that person's presence. You see, you're tapping into somebody who has gone into the depths of what it means to be a true citizen of the kingdom of God. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful because they've died to their selfishness in order to offer their life to you and the movement of the Spirit of God in this world. And I'm telling you, this is what the world is craving this is why our country has fallen apart at, at the seams because we've got so many people with their own agendas. But the kingdom of God says, lay down your sword, turn it into a plowshare and serve one another. This is the call of God on our life. It, it, I'll read it again, Luke 9. It, it's, Jesus says, if you try to hang on to your life, you try to hold on to it, you're eventually going to lose it. Oh, you might get a good 401k and have a little bit of a fun retirement, but it's still going to end. But if you give up your life for my sake, you're going to save it. And you're going to find life. And he says, what is it benefits you to gain the whole world? But lose your soul and get lost in the process. One of the things I'm loving about this season of COVID, and, this, and it is just a season, this too shall pass. We've been through tons of crises as a people, not only as Americans, but as followers of Jesus Christ. We've been through Babylonian exile. We've been through Egypt before that. You have the Assyrian struggle. You have the Roman Empire. I mean, you have the Crusades and all the struggle of Christians with their agenda versus the infidel, and you have the Muslim fight and all the tension that was going on. And here we are now. We've been through an American Revolution. We've been through Civil War. We've been through all sorts of crises in World War I and World War II. We're in the midst of a pandemic. We've been through times of struggle before. And the people who always flourish are the people who already gave up their life. They were the ones who prayed this kind of prayer less. Lord, Help me. They've stopped 
praying that prayer. Do you get what I just said? They've stopped saying, Lord, help me. In this crisis, Lord, help me. You see, a person who prays that kind of a prayer is still holding on to their agenda. Lord, rescue my bank account. Lord, rescue my kids. Lord, rescue my agendas. Lord, rescue me. It's always me, me, me. Lord, help me. They've prayed that less. And you know what they pray more? Lord, help yourself to me. Help yourself to me. You see, the person who has become a citizen of the upside-down kingdom, which is actually right side up. The world is upside down. Selfishness, greed, all this want to step on you to get ahead, all of this agenda, that's upside down. That's not the way the world's supposed to work, but it's the way we understand it to be right side up. Dog eat dog world. But the real world, the world that God created, the world that Jesus died for to give us his kingdom way of living, the, the real kingdom, I'm telling you, his agenda just says you have to do one thing. You have to just give yourself to me. Instead of saying, Lord, help me, rescue me, rescue me, it's me, 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 me. Instead of doing that, you just pray, Lord, just help yourself to me. Have your way with me. My agenda is dying daily. Take up your cross daily. That's what it means. Die to your agenda. Because you're going to wake up, you know, I hope you're inspired by this sermon. I hope right now there's a, you're like, ooh, that reignites that which was a fire in me one day. And you're all excited. But here's my promise to you. You'll forget this by morning. You will. And you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to have your agendas for your week and all of these things that are on your plate. And I want to remind you. If you're a part of the kingdom of God, you're going to start your day by going to your cross and dying to your agenda and saying, Lord, I die to self again today. Help yourself to me. Just use me. However you see fit. And if you don't want to use me, I'm still here because I've died to me for you. This changes everything. This will give you a power and a joy and a completeness to your life that nothing ever will when you're trying to just grasp on to that which you know you can't hold on to for very long. It's the Apostle Paul calling out so clearly this idea of dying to self. You know what it really means to die to self? It means releasing the results. It simply means I'm going to release the results of my agenda. I, I am going to go through life saying, Lord, these plans that I have, my end game I, I want to, in five years, my goal for my life is this. I release that to you. And Lord, if something good happens with my life, great. If something bad happens with my life. But the deal is, I've released the results to you. Period. That's what it means to die to self. I, the Apostle Paul, when he called it out in Galatians, you know, he said, I have been crucified. It's past tense. The Apostle Paul, he just called it out. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. 
I've died. I'm, I'm no longer that which you knew. And I'm free. Can I tell you, this is the purest form of freedom. I've met many people who have truly died to themselves. And again, they're the, they're the kind of people I just, I'm drawn to because there's such, there's eternal life in the conversations. There's refreshment. There's vitality. Can I tell you the freedom that happens when you become a citizen of the kingdom of God? When you die to your agendas? All the mys go out the window. The stress of my house, the stress of my bank accounts, the stress of my kids, and the stress of, of my dreams for my life. You see, when you die to yourself, those mys become his. It's his house. It's his money. It's his family. I'm a steward of raising the children God gave me. There, there all the times I get angry with my kids because they don't do my bidding of what I have as a plan for their life. And they go their own way. And I'm like, wait a minute. I died to my agenda. Lord, they're yours. And so I'm going to train them in your ways and then trust them in, and entrust them to you. The freedom that comes from that. When you're a citizen of God, you just know your world just, it, it, it just becomes so much more alive and free because you've died to your agenda. You just simply become a steward of God's agenda. Uh, some of you know, uh, last week I was um, fighting an illness, and um, praise the Lord, um, I, it, negative, I was negative for COVID, but I was pretty scared. I had fever after fever, ache after ache, and it was just like one night, then your psychology starts messing up, you wonder, oh, I can't breathe, and yeah, all this, and so the, I went and got a COVID test, it came back negative, and I was so grateful. The results came back, it was just the man flu. Apparently, I'm a wimp. <laughs> I'm sure if it was a female, it would have gone. In fact, Christine didn't even get sick. You know, she's like, whatever. That was weak. Weak sauce. Well, it knocked me out. It, oh, man, knocked me out. I didn't have any energy for, I had a fever almost for eight days. I mean, it was rough. I couldn't break it no matter what. And I mean, it was frustrating. And I was sad I couldn't be here. So thankful Pastor Keith stepped in at the last minute, did a phenomenal job. I was sad I couldn't be here to celebrate Jim and Giselle and what Pastor Jim has done here. Um, phenomenal family. We're so grateful for them. Uh, during this time, that I was just out. I had some time to just, again, emotionally, spiritually, just, Lord, just take me home. There were times you just kind of like, you feel exhausted. You just, what is going on in my body? And, but I had some time to just uh, watch some things and read some things. And I was watching a documentary. Uh, I've been a subscriber and supporting the ministry of Voice of the Martyrs for a long time. And uh, Richard uh, Wormbrand um, was a Romanian pastor. He was in prison for 14 years in the Soviet Union, and he wrote a book called Tortured for Christ. Well, they've now made a documentary. I highly recommend it. And in this documentary of Tortured for Christ, he talks about his time in prison under the Soviet regime. And he said, they thought they were bringing torture on me, but I had already died to myself. So they really couldn't harm me. And he said some beautiful things. He said, you know, when you're dead to yourself, you see things that the world wouldn't see. 
I mean, he just saw the world from an upside down, in many ways, godly, upside right, right, uh, ways. And he said, my chains became musical instruments as we would ching, 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 and we had captive audiences with our, with our captors, right? And these prison guards think that they're holding us captive all the while we're singing praises to the Lord and bringing many of them to Christ. But he said something that I want to share with you right now that had a profound impact. He said there's two types of Christians in this world. Those who believe in God and those who believe they believe in God. And he said, how do you know the difference? When a person goes through suffering. You see, some of you are struggling right now. You're scared. You're overwhelmed. That optimistic spirit you used to have is becoming more pessimistic. Your worldview that used to be so filled with joy is now falling flat. You have fear of the future. You're being squeezed. I'm being squeezed. But the beauty of being squeezed is you don't know what's inside of you until you get squeezed. And my question is, are you just somebody who believes you believe in God? Or are you finding during this time, I'm seeing God in ways I never thought possible because this is a moment in time where I'm actually seeing that when I die to my dreams, I actually wake up to dreams that come from the Lord that are far more HD than I thought. And it's beautiful. You, you see, when, um, when life starts to fall apart and you realize that your kingdom doesn't have the strength that it once did, that your moat protecting you is easily breached, your walls can be quickly tumbled by the enemy, what do you do in those moments? Well, if you've died to yourself, you cannot be overcome. You cannot be destroyed. Oh, yeah, you, you may not physically survive. But like Romans 14, the Apostle Paul says, whether I live or whether I die, I'm the Lord's. You see, once you die to self, it doesn't matter what the outcome is because I've released the results to the king of the kingdom that I've surrendered my life to. Therein lies the power of what this world is, is longing for this moment. I don't want to just check mark a box. I'm a Christian. I'm affiliated as a Christian in America. I want to be known as one who has died to self and has come alive in Christ. And in so doing, have found that in those times that I want to scream I find praise coming off my lips. In those times when I, I feel so filled with anger that I want to stew, my spirit actually starts to serve. Because God, again, this day, as I die to self, tells me, just serve. Just praise. Just love. 
I'll take care of the rest. This is what is real. This is why we claim Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. If he's not a king in the crisis, <laughs> then he's not king at all. The question is, do you have the courage to give over the keys of your life? And that's what I'm inviting you to. That's why we've spent these weeks just helping you to understand the big picture of what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God. And so just a moment, we couldn't think of a better way to honor the Lord and, and to really take a step of commitment than to do that which Jesus has already done in remembering his death through communion. You see, communion is a reminder to take up your cross this day and follow him. So as you came in, I hope you received two different cups that were together. All was sanitized and protected. Uh, we want as minimal touching when you're here as possible. And, but we didn't want to forego communion in, in times when we can gather like this. Those of you online, I know there's many, many of you. Please, at this point, get some bread and, and uh, some juice that we can serve communion and experience it together. But I want this communion to be a truly sacred moment because this is really the first time that we're doing communion where many of us are together in person. And I've longed for this moment. You know, it's a sacrament. It's a sacred moment. And I want this to be a moment where we really take the call to citizenship in the kingdom of God very seriously. Because Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you have to give up your life. But our king already did it first. He said, follow me. I'll show you how, to do, how it's done. Therein lies the life that you're longing for this day. And so if you've not taken the step to let Jesus Christ be the Lord and Savior of your life, do it right here, right now. Let me pray over each one of us and pray a blessing over this moment. Lord Jesus, Thank you for your kingdom come. Thank you for your will being done. I know we're in a fallen world. And I know that disease is not your plan. Death is not your plan. But you've overcome both of them. And you have shown us the way to life. And so I want to thank you, Lord, for truly inviting us into your kingdom. And I pray, if there's even one soul right now that hasn't taken this step that's hearing my voice, that they will pray this prayer. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I follow you with my life. Help me to die daily to my agendas and live for you. Help me, Jesus, to trust the results of my story up to you. Help me, God, to daily serve, to daily love, to daily obey, to do my part in this world, to serve abundantly. In the midst of all that, trust you with the results in everything. 
And so I thank you, Lord, that we are not alone in this. Thank you that we have the privilege of serving and following you all the days of our lives. And so we pray your blessing upon this time of communion. And I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit uh, just fills us to overflowing, reminding us of the power of dying to self and living to you. In Jesus' name, we pray this blessing. Amen. After the, on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he, he took the bread. And if you're in this room, uh, it's on a cup underneath. If you'll take the bread out. And he broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, this is my body, which is, key word, given for you wasn't broken because none of his bones were broken because marrow, because blood comes from the, from the bones. It's a theological moment. I give my body to you. And he says, take and eat in remembrance of me that we will do the same thing. Lord, I pray your blessing upon this moment as we take of your body. after the supper was over, Jesus took the cup. If you'll pull back on the cellophane. He said, this is my blood which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sin. Take and drink, remembering of the incredible sacrifice of Jesus' love and grace for you. He died for you and offers you his amazing grace. Let's drink. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the gift of communion, for the gift of dying to self, for the gift of being invited into your kingdom every day. Give us the courage to live as citizens of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.